0: Welcome to Walker Retail Ranger. My name is Walker, a.k.a. The Retail Ranger. It is my job to keep you free from food safety danger. The other is to make sure that stuff gets on the shelf. It's harder than it looks. I can't do it by myself. Now it's time for Walker Retail Ranger. To Be the Sandman, <laughs> Huey Lewis in the News, and Metallica. It just seems like uh, Inter Sandman's a great song to do a lot of mashups with. That, uh, yeah, awesome. Yeah, it is. You're awesome. Hey, uh, hey, everybody, welcome to episode 69 of the Retail Ranger Podcast. It is Sunday, April 9th, 2023, Easter. Happy Easter, Liz. Happy Easter. Why, thank you. It's great to have you home. I'll just say that. You, <laughs> we'll talk about your little mini excursion to New York. Thank you for making it back safe. Uh, It is National Winston Churchill Day as well. So happy National Winston Churchill Day to you. I didn't get you anything. (laughs) I was going to get you a cigar because I think he smoked cigars. (laughs) That's okay. Um, It is also National Unicorn Day. Oh, right, sir. So you're supposed to celebrate by uh, coloring a unicorn and doing unicorn-y kind of things. I kind of didn't do that today. Maybe we'll get that next year. (laughs) Uh, It is also National Name Yourself Day. And that's basically, if you don't like your name, you have today to change your name to something else. Do you Have you ever wanted to be called anything different than your name? Not really. Remember, I had that scooter little situation back in the day, yeah. so we, we won't go to that. Today, I'm buck naked. That's my name. <laughs> um, it is also, and this is a shout out to our oldest, Megan. It's International ASMR Day. Oh, no. Yes. Yes, I did it. I did it. So... Anyways, uh, that was uh, Bill McClintock's Hip to Be Sandman." By the way, from YouTube, and it's funny because uh, cousin Dave has sent me a couple mashups. Uh, Jay from over yonder has sent me one. He actually sent this one to me too. Um, I had this one already planned, so it's like my brother from another mother over there. Wow! Sent me this one. I don't know. It's just really, I really like mashups. I do too. And it's fun, fun researching them for for the podcast too. So, as we mm-hmm. said, welcome back. Thank you for getting. Home safely from New York. How was it overall? It was great. Yeah, I know you got to see your first Broadway show. I saw three. Three Broadway shows. And you yeah. explained to me, because I didn't know. But my whole life, I thought there was literally a place called Broadway. that That's where all the shows were. But you learned that it's kind of like all over the place. Right. I, I was shocked. I had no idea. I'm like you. I thought it was, you know, one place. But it's, you know, many theaters there that are under the umbrella of
1: All over the place.
0: Well, my posse's on Broadway. (coughs) Uh, All right, what else we got? Hey, huge, huge news here from the Walker Ranch. This is no BSing, people. I'm keeping it real, 100% honest. The log is gone. Yeah. It has left the property. (laughs) Um, We had, while you were gone, yeah, I went ahead and had seven trees removed. (laughs) And uh, I didn't do it myself, obviously. I, I know what my skills and abilities are and what they are not. Um, but a company came and it took them a day and a half but they got seven trees out of the way one of them was our bee tree we call it that was the bad bees yeah that was in between the uh, uh the house and the, uh, the little chicken coop down there where the fluffy butt club lives and uh every day last year we were battling those huge hornets i mean it just wasn't good so that tree has gone to pasture Yay. um so we're waiting to get our backyard fence built that hopefully will be happening happening this week and then we can let the girls just do their thing. But while you were gone and those tree guys were here doing their thing, um I walked out on the front porch and a dude says, Hey, uh, a couple of your chickens took off. <laughs> and he was like nonchalant about it. And I'm like, holy crap, 911. And he I said, when? He goes about half an hour ago. I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> so I grab, I jump in the Jeep and I start driving around. Well, I looked around the yard first, obviously didn't see them. I guess when one of the trees fell, it spooked them and they just took off. Turns out they are capable of jumping up onto that little makeshift fence we have, but that's not what it was. I left a little gap when I was rearranging the fence oh, no. to allow them to, be, to do the tree work. I left a gap and they filled the gap. <laughs> so I drive, hop in the Jeep, I'm driving around and sure as heck, they're about two houses away in somebody's backyard and I could barely see them cause they, they really matched the leaves yeah, really good. So I had to sit there for a minute and I saw a little rustling. That's when I saw two of them. So I put them in the Jeep. Thank goodness. I had a towel <laughs> in the, in the Jeep. So I put that on the back seat. Um, I believe I posted this up on our Instagram account at uh, Walker retail ranger and they loved riding. They were like chilling, but they left of course a present for the third one who I found about 45 minutes later. Uh, once I, she was about the same area. Um, once I put her in the jeep, there was a little pile o poo nice. sitting on the towel for that for her to like have. But she <laughs> was so cool. She like literally laid right down, and I was like, "Man, I could I could I could take these chickens for a ride. <laughs> That's gonna be amazing. I got I got to try that one of these days." Roddy's but, gonna be jealous. Yeah. So that was the Golden Girls escape there, and uh, that was fun and exciting. And I, I was scared, like crapless, that we were gonna lose some chickens, and you weren't here. And it happened on my watch, and I'm toast. So, uh, as far as what's cooking, Liz, nothing was cooking last week except me. <laughs> I, uh, I'm i going to tell you what I had. So, Liz, in her sweetness, left me an email uh, with directions on how to feed all the animals. Um, with, like, Roddy's little meds and pills and stuff like that. And... I think one of the things was, please try to eat some vegetables, (laughs) Yeah, which I failed miserably at last week. I ate grapes, which are fruits, obviously, but I came close. First night, I ate half a box of uh, San Giorno pasta shells, just straight up shells, butter, salt and pepper. Just one of my favorite standbys. Had a little bit of Parmesan on there, right? Okay. So that was the first night. Second night, I had good old blue box (laughs) mac and cheese. However, that afternoon, I was off that day. I stopped by my local Sheets here and I got an Arnold Palmer frozen drink. It was really good. It's not really in my wheelhouse either, so I wanted to try something different. So I got that, and while I was ordering it, of course they popped up with some, hey, you want some mozzarella sticks? And I was like, yes, I do, Sheets, (laughs) I do. So I got mozzarella sticks, which were kind of a vegetable. I don't think so. Isn't the coating a vegetable? No. Oh, dang. What's the coating made out of? Isn't that flour? Well, probably flour and breadcrumbs. Oh, flour's not a vegetable. Dang. All right. Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. So anyways, third night, I had the other box, <laughs> other half a box of the uh, San Giorno shells. I didn't cook them as long as I normally do. They were a little more al dente <laughs> than I would have liked, but I, I wolfed them down. So I was able to eat nothing but pasta while you were gone. So All right. Thank you for that. Well, um, You're getting vegetables this week. Well, you, last night, oh my goodness, you bought um, some scallops from... Was that Sam's Club? No, Kroger. <gasps> I'm dun, sorry. Dun, dun. I'm Anyways. I'm sorry. I they, had a gift card to use. Well, they were cheap. And and I remember you said you got them and how much you paid for them. So I ran up here to the freezer and I was like, there's no way they're real. Well, that's why I bought them because they were like so cheap. Well, holy smokes. I was wrong. They were legit scallops. And you made them last night a little salty, which was good. But man, it was nice having scallops again. Mm-hmm. It's been years. But we had a rice and peas and carrots with that, so yeah. I was I had some vegetables. <laughs> um, and then I think you're working on a chili now for tonight. And I at first I got excited because I saw a little uh, steak thawing out, but then I only saw one. And I was <laughs> like, well, she's obviously not going to grill that steak. <laughs> that's going in the chili, isn't it? Yep. Ah, that's good. <laughs> All right, so thank you for uh, coming back, period. Um, I appreciate that. I know it was tough being away from me and Roddy and the girls. Yes, it was. um, On a happy note, but not really, we're going to get into the retail roundup here. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, first one from com, April 6th, Sabrina Escobar. Costco stock drops on gloomy sales numbers and this was kind of surprising to me because you know we've been talking about club stores and how they're kind of huge when the inflation is up and money's tight people trying to save money here uh, Costco wholesale saw same-store sales in March decline as consumers made smaller purchases the average size of transactions at Costco's Uh, was down 5.8 percent from february Mm. that's significant that is very uh suggesting consumers may be pulling back in response to uncertainty about the economy if they're listening to our show they know because we've been talking i mean i'm not saying it's going down but we got to be very careful here Uh, so that obviously took a toll on the company's sales performance their same store sales decreased 1.1 percent in march down from february's 3.5 percent rise and uh, net sales increased just a half a percent from a year earlier to $21.7 billion. So they ain't hurting. No. And that's still a lot of cash. Uh, their performance last month was also affected by lower gasoline prices. That tells you how long we've been paying high grocery or gas prices, huh? I know. So they're going against last year's when they were high. So the company estimates that declines in the price reduced same-store sales growth by about two points. So if you took the gas out of it, and the foreign exchange part, same store sales were actually up 2.6 percent. Still a little bit less than I mean they were up five percent in February. So, right. uh, home furnishings, toys, seasonal products, jewelry, and ancillary sales were the worst performing categories this quarter, dragging sales down, despite strong performance in food and sundries. I like sundries. <laughs> uh, tires, health and beauty, and apparel, according to the company. So I. I know it's worth repeating, but we've always talked about how, especially multi-general uh, merchandise and food retailers really rely on that general merchandise to keep their right. profit up So and sales. All right. This one's kind of sad because it's kind of a store from back in the day when I used to go to the mall. Remember the mall? Oh, yeah. We don't like going to the mall anymore. I don't think anybody does. I mean, it's really kind of slowed down a lot. It's kind of a teenage thing. I don't even think it's as big with them as it used to be. But uh, Foot Locker is closing 400 stores. Mm. Um, this is by Nathaniel Meyerson from CNN, Wednesday, March 29, 2023. Foot Locker said earlier this month that it will close nearly 200 stores in Class C and D malls and 200 stores that are, lo- are in lower performing A and B malls. So I didn't know this, but uh, malls are unofficially rated within the industry by letter based on their location profitability, sales potential, and other benchmarks. Hmm, There's a, B, C, and D. Okay. That's good to know. Uh, for some Foot Locker locations, there is just no solution, said Jeff Kreshek, okay. a senior vice president at retail property owner Federal Realty. The malls just have too much space, and losing yet another staple of the mall will not help. It says food Locker's planned closings will be just the latest blow to U.S. regional malls. Now, I used to go in there a lot when I was a kid, but Nikes were expensive back then when... I mean, they're expensive now. But right, right. They were really expensive, so I used to like window shop a lot. <laughs> yeah. More so than actually buying shoes from there. And people watch. That's what I like. Yeah, well, that's fun doing it at the mall anyways. Yeah. So this was kind of a, an eye-opener for me. Uh, I saw this article this morning. Uh, inflation and tech investment caused Walmart to tap the brakes on hiring. Oh, I... Never thought I'd hear those words. Yeah, that's that's not something you want to hear. So it says the pace will slow as the year progresses, but the CFO sees inflation easing by the end of 2023. Uh, This is from Supermarket News, Mr. Bill Wilson, April 7th. Inflation pressures and a move towards increased technology are causing retail giant Walmart to slow its hiring, according to Reuters. Uh Uh-oh. Technology. Hmm. A-I. Walmart CFO John David Rainey told investors during an annual meeting that the slower employee growth factors into the company's move to turn more automation and technology. He also told investors he sees inflation easing down to as little as 3% by the end of the year, but that the company is still feeling the effects of higher prices. Uh, Inflation has hit the grocery sector the hardest. We know that. Mm -hmm. And more than 56% of Walmart sales are credited to food. Wow, that's an interesting stat. So they are hurting if they're, like, profitability-wise. According to a report from the Labor Department, food prices in the U.S. were up 9.5% in February compared to a year ago. Uh, Walmart's private-labeled brand has excelled over the last year or so, accounting for more than 20% in total sales. Wow. Which equates to $600 billion for private-label for Walmart. That's amazing. Uh, Walmart announced during their investor meeting this week that by 2026, approximately 65% of their stores will be automated. What? Let's just absorb that for a minute here. In three years, 65% of Walmarts will be automated. It says the news comes not long after Walmart dismissed hundreds of employees at online fulfillment facilities. Remember, we talked about that last week. The company's $15 billion capital spending budget this year has an automated technology theme. In addition to the move on the store floor, Walmart said more than half of all packages will be moved through automated fulfillment centers by 2026, improving unit cost averages by about 20%. Huh? It says, uh, oh, this is, this is it. There was no indication that more layoffs will occur in the coming months. Walmart is the largest private employer in the U.S. behind a workforce that is about $1.7 strong. Officials are saying the automation will replace roles where the pay is lower. Wow. The shift appears to be leaning towards paying employees more to do less physical work. That's just kind of scary. I guess if anybody's going to do it, I mean, Walmart's kind of the biggest uh, retailer is, well, them and Amazon. Amazon's mostly automated anyways, but... It sounds like self checkouts was just the beginning. That's crazy. Scary. Speaking of jobs, the jobs report came out this week. <clears throat> uh, I, th- I think they gained 230, or we gained 236,000 jobs in the United States. They anticipated 239,000. So it was pretty close. Um, but just looking at some of the categories here um, leisure and hospitality added 72,000 jobs, which makes sense. We're going right. to hop into. Leisure and hospitality season, right? Education and health services added sixty-five thousand, which is kind of weird. Like at the end of the year, end of the school year, almost. Right. Uh, government, of course, added forty-seven thousand, <laughs> and professional and business services uh, added thirty-nine thousand. So those are the top four categories. Here's the bottom four: manufacturing, minus one thousand jobs; mm. financial activities. Minus 1,000 jobs. Construction, minus 9,000 jobs. And dun, 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 the retail trade, minus 14.6 thousand. Whoa. So we're kind of going in a weird spot with the economy. I mean, I think they're gearing up that we're all going to be spending money for the summer vacations and all that stuff. But if you got 15,000 folks out of a job that, you know, us blue collar retail workers, we ain't going on vacation. Right, right. We got to get a part-time hustle. And it ain't going to be at Walmart because they're automated. Or Amazon. Right? Mm. That was just kind of kind of scary. All right. On a lighter note, seriously, uh, you know, we're pretty passionate about uh, lab-grown meat here at the Retail Ranger <laughs> Podcast. Will I see lab-grown meat in supermarkets anytime soon? Allie Francis, uh, January 20th, 2023. In mid-November last year, the U.S. FDA sent Upside Foods a no-questions letter, which means it views the company's products as safe to eat. The San Francisco startup takes muscle, fat, and tissue cells from fertilized chicken eggs and grows them into a product that is biologically indistinguishable from the flesh of a slaughtered bird. Yikes. The company still needs USDA approval before it can sell its cultivated meat domestically. But the move was a major milestone for the entire sector, which has been steadily growing for almost a decade. It shows ultimately that this industry is one step closer to commercialization, says Amy Chen, the COO of Upside Foods. It's coming. Mm -hmm. Uh, To produce, and this gets a little... mm, To produce lab-grown meat, scientists take a sample of various cells, such as stem, muscle, and fat cells, from a live animal via a small biopsy, or from a fertilized chicken egg. Then you select the cells that are best destined to grow well and to taste delicious. Who has that job where they taste the cell to say it's delicious? Uh, the meat cells are grown in bioreactors. Sound matrix at all? Uh, after a week or two, once they've finished growing, they're harvested and the cells are essentially killed. Right out of the bioreactor, they look like pink slush. Oh, Cool. That cell mush is then formed into an array of products. Dude, it's the Matrix. They eat that slime stuff? Um, on a cellular level, lab-grown meat is meat. It is beef grown from cow cells and pork grown from pig cells. Plant-based burgers, nuggets, and sausages sold by companies such as Beyond Meat and Impossible Foods are made with a variety of vegan ingredients and formulated to mimic meat. One is animal tissue and the other is plant matter, masquerading as animal tissue. Not everyone is convinced that cultivated meat will be better for the planet, though. The facilities required to grow meat at a global scale will use use huge amounts of energy, which only becomes sustainable when using using renewables, which is not currently the norm in the United States. Isn't that wild, dude? That sounds horrifying. What is happening? I'm not. I'm not doing it. Um. In 2013, the world's first cultivated meat burger was served. And I kind of remember this. It was in London. Um, it allegedly cost $330,000 to make it. <laughs> a cultivated meat burger. One. Uh, that figure has plummeted in the almost well, decades so. since. But cell-grown <laughs> proteins are yet to clock in anywhere close to the same price as conventional meats. This was interesting. Uh, one pound of cultured meat <clears throat> would cost about $17 to produce at a minimum. It would cost $17 to produce one pound of this cultured meat. Or, yeah, cultured meat. In 2018, it cost about $2 to produce a pound of beef. So it's not cost effective here. Uh, That final cell-grown product would likely be about 70% water. See it? Meaning a 17 pound of ground-cultivated meat at the factory quickly becomes $40 at the grocery store or a $100 quarter-pounder at a restaurant. So I I think I'm calming down a little bit that it's not going to be happening in my lifetime. This, this sounds outrageous. Uh, and I think we talked about Eat Just was the first company in the world to sell its cultured chicken to restaurants in Singapore uh, in 2020, but they're currently sold at a premium price and a loss. Mm-mm-mm. So they said it's going to be a specialty product in select restaurants. Uh, they're very optimistic that it'll be a commercial product in five to ten years. Uh, Let me see. Oh, Zimbaroff, somebody in the article here, isn't quite so confident that we'll see cultivated meat on all supermarket shelves. I think it's going to be many, many, many years before it's at Safeway. Markets like Whole Foods are not going to accept this type of engineered food anytime soon. Mm. So keep fighting the good fight there, Whole Foods. Uh, How does lab-grown meat compare to the real deal? Uh, Upside's chicken nailed the texture, she says. It was chewy and meaty, but missing the fat. Uh, she also tried a regular veggie burger against one from Sci-Fi Foods. Yes, that's a real place. Uh, which is a mix of plant proteins and cultivated meat. And I couldn't taste the difference, she said. Here's the grody part. Wild Type's cubed salmon tasted a little too gel-like. Ugh. I know! And this is my last little highlighted part here. because <laughs> Things you never thought you'd read. Uh, one recent study compared the taste of conventional and cultured chicken and beef using an electric tongue. <laughs> what? It found significant differences between meat made from cells fed amino acids and animals fed plants and grains. So the computer's even telling you this stuff's disgusting. Uh, cultivated meat might be more sweet and bitter than convention, conventional meat, and it's expected to pass less of an umami punch. That's just oo grossy <laughs> All right, and I think we talked about this. You you had heard somewhere that uh, egg prices are going to remain high. Right. Well, the article I actually pulled up from uh, Bridget Goldschmidt here from Progressive Grocer a couple days ago, worldwide egg prices are going to remain high in 2023. So that's worldwide. Um, It does, well, I'll get to the bottom part here. Egg prices have reached historic high levels in many markets around the globe, creating a huge impact on the egg supply worldwide. Prices are expected to stay relatively high through 2023, particularly in markets heavily affected by high feed costs, avian flu, and regulatory changes. Of course, we've got to have regulatory changes in there. Um, high global feed costs, which doubled between mid-2020 and mid-2023, or mid-2022, have had a big influence on uh, prices. That's 60 to 7% of a farmer's costs is feed. Mm-hmm. So that's very significant. Uh, Regulations introducing production restrictions, shifting consumer behavior due to reduced spending power. Oh, because they're raising the the inflation rate or the interest rates. Inflation's up. We don't have as much to spend. So the supply or the demand's not really there either. Um, And tight supply caused by uncertainty also contributed to the higher egg prices. And they're, in general, they expect them to stay relatively high throughout 2023 with some variation between countries. Uh, prices are expected to decrease in countries and regions with extreme price peaks like the United States, Europe, and Japan. So everybody else, price going back up. or going to be high. Mm. Well, I'd we'll start sending some. How much would it cost to send eggs to Sweden? <laughs> All right. We're going to end on a very happy note. It's an item that I'm very passionate about. You like it. We like it. But I learned something today. What's that? What's the difference between regular and heavy-duty mayonnaise? Heavy, Did you know there was Heavy-duty? There is heavy-duty mayo. I've never heard of that. All right. So Meredith Eastwood from Mashed.com. This article is from January, but I saw a little blurb um, about heavy-duty mayonnaise. I was like, is that really a thing? Uh, heavy-duty mayonnaise is a mayo that is thicker and richer in flavor than the classic style due to the inclusion of extra egg yolks. Ah. While the rest of the ingredients are the same as other mayo varieties, the added egg makes a big difference that chefs and food handlers appreciate for commercial purposes, and not only because it results in more decadent tuna salad. <laughs> as, a <Hellman's, laughs> as a Hellman's Extra Heavy Mayo ad explains, heavy-duty mayo has a superior browning ability and even holds together better in hot applications, making it a great choice for dishes cooked at high temps, such as grilled cheese sandwiches and other foods you want to turn golden. Isn't that neat? Well, it's, I bet it's more expensive by far with an extra egg. Oh, it, it's the yolk, because the yolk's like the expensive part, right? Right. That's what they're adding extra. It says if you ever get your hands on heavy-duty mayo, which obviously we're going to have to now, uh, you'll notice that its denser consistency seems to hold together better than the regular kind. Clockwork Lemon <laughs> explains that the extra eggs make the condiment more stable and extra emulsified meaning the added lecithin, acts as a powerful glue between the oil and liquid in the recipe. (laughs) Though heavy-duty mayo is geared towards chefs, brands like Hellman's and Duke's, we love Duke's mayonnaise, uh, do sell it in bulk on sites like Amazon. So don't be disappointed or shocked if you see a gallon of Duke's mayo rolling up on the front porch. (laughs) Uh, If you don't have use for a gallon of heavy-duty mayo in your home kitchen, though, you could just make a small jar yourself. Adding extra yolks to your favorite recipe. I've never made mayonnaise. You should. Yeah, I'm gonna try that. Chef Liz's mayo coming soon. <laughs> it's gonna be $500 an ounce, <laughs> especially with the price of our girls. But so that was the retail roundup. Quite a bit to unpack there. Yeah. Uh, I'm exhausted. What else we got? We good? I, th- I think we're good. I think we're good. Let's reiterate the fact that the log is gone. Should we have a moment of silence for it? Yay. All right, moment of silence for the log. All right. It had a good run. Uh, I did see it being taken away. Did you cry? I wept, but tears of joy and then sadness because it was kind of like a piece of me. It's been here so long. It was like having a mole removed. (laughs) You know what's there. It's not really bothering you. You want it gone. Of course, you can't really move a mole out of sight like I did try to move that thing to the backyard. No. All right, we'll end on the nasty mole note. (laughs) All right, everybody, thank you for your continued support, and we will catch you on the flip side. Peace. Peace. you for listening to us and letting us be ourselves we appreciate what you do to get stuff on the shelves stay safe out there do what you can to avoid any danger have fun work hard and be a retail ranger you've been listening to walker retail ranger